Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And today we have another one of our Hallmark actors with us today. And we have Daniel Bacon with us. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Daniel. No problem. Yeah. So what we like to do with new guests is we like to get a chance to get to know you a little bit. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got inspired to get into acting? Well, um, there, there's definitely a story and a journey. Um, I'm originally from England um, oh. and uh, I was adopted at birth. And then um, through a series of family things, we ended up moving to Canada when I was about seven. Um, I grew up on Vancouver Island, uh, oh. high school and college, and then moved to Vancouver in 1991. Uh-huh. Um, and soon after I moved to Vancouver, I, I got into a singing project. I, I wouldn't dub myself a singer per se, but I could carry a note and, um, and I had some dance background. So I got into this singing project. Um, it was basically a boy band. So it was just uh-huh. after um, New Kids in the Block had come out uh, and Boys to Men around that time. So I was in the singing project for about two years, but through the singing project, um, there was another band at the same label and they, and one of the, the women was going to a commercial audition and she said, Hey, my agent said, you know, if I know any young guys to invite them along to this, this casting. And so the four of us in the boy band all trucked off with her to this uh, audition. And it was for um, Pringles. Pringles was going to do cheesies in a can. Uh-huh. And so that was what the spot was about. And so we had to go to this room and I had never done anything like this before. So I didn't really know what, um, how it worked, but danced around in a room, you know, to some conga music. And then uh, about a week later, I got a call from that woman's agent saying, Hey, um, you have a call back. And I'm like, uh, not sure what that is. And she goes, well, they see a bunch of people and then they bring back a couple people and, and see them again. I'm like, okay. So I go to this call back, but the, the call back was very intimidating. Because yeah. everybody there seemed like they knew each other. They all had like headshots and resumes. And I was like, what is this? And so <laughs> same thing, went into a room, except there was about eight people in, behind a desk in uh, Gap outfits. They all had the same gray t-shirt and same khakis on. And I was like, this is really bizarre. Um, but again, <laughs> had to dance around. Um, and lo and behold, a few days later, I got a call that I booked the commercial. And so I was like, oh. I guess I'm one for one in this uh, auditioning business. Like, this is easy. It is easy. <laughs> so um, that particular agent said, hey, you know, if you're interested, I can send you out on some more commercial auditions. And I'm like, oh, uh, sure. Why not? What have I got to lose? So I ended up booking two more in about the next three months. And by the third one, I went, you know what? This is kind of fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like this. What? So I had some uh, a, a new friend who was an actor. And I said, hey, I, I like this acting thing. Like, do you have any advice for me? And they suggested to go into an acting class. And I'm like, oh, okay. So scoured around the city and found one that, you know, seemed like a, an interesting fit. So I went down and my first night, about 15 minutes in, I was like, okay, this is definitely something that um, I like and I'm, I'm very interested by. So I took a part-time class for about a year. And at the end of the year, I was like, okay, this is, this is I like this. This is something I think I want to pursue. But I was 25 and I'm like, ah, I kind of want to finish my degree. I was I was uh, two years away from finishing my degree um, to be a teacher, actually, a phys ed um, history teacher. So I moved back to Victoria to go finish my degree. And when I was over there, I just had this moment of like, I am not doing um, going on the path I want to go on. I'm going what I feel I should do rather than what I want to do. And uh, about three weeks later, I was back in Vancouver. I had uh, signed up for theater school. And uh, that started started the journey. I went to theater school, 
um, got out, got an agent. I've been plugging away for 25 years. So I kind of fell backwards into acting. It wasn't something as a kid that I was, you know, I wasn't this drama kid or, you know, making movies or anything like that. It was definitely something that I fell into in my twenties, but looking back and reflecting on it, it's, I feel like I never really had one thing that I was passionate about. I was passionate about like a dozen things. And so acting really sated that, that desire to do a whole bunch of things and a whole bunch of jobs. And, um, and now I've been teaching for the past 16 years. So it all came full circle as I was able to actually teach, which is what I originally wanted to do out of high school. So, yeah. It's great. So what did your family think? Like all of a sudden you're this actor. It's that's a that's a bit of a, a bumpy road. My mom is uh, sort of a traditional single mom, and you know, with five kids, and she was very much the oh. traditional trajectory of like, you know, you got to get a good job. I did fairly decently in school um, academically, so she always thought I, you know, had as I, I could have become like a lawyer or something, you know, uh-huh. like sort of more uh, what's you know deemed higher uh, placement and stability. Um, so when I originally when I'm going to acting school, she she didn't fully jump on board with excitement at first, but parents have a weird way of shifting their opinion when they see their kid on TV. So the first time <laughs> she saw me on TV, she's like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> that's fun." Yeah. Do you do you remember your first role on a uh, on film uh, sure from do. the commercials? I sure do. <laughs> it was a very strange one. That's why. Yeah. Um, it was on uh, the show Millennium, which was a, a sort of a, I wouldn't say a sister, but uh, it was the same creative team as that was behind the X-Files. Oh, And okay. so um, my role was paramedic and it was a scene with Lance Henriksen of <laughs> Aliens fame. Yeah. And I had three lines and um, it was, uh, I'm, I'm reading a body temperature of 98 degrees. Um, this guy's been out here way too long. He's in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I remember because the in the audition, my note from the director was that I was caring too much and the, to constantly not care as much, which to me at the time felt very odd to not care. Yeah. But um, so I had to do it like six times. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's <laughs> these three lines and I'm just not getting it. And what a terrible experience. And then I got it. Yeah. And so I got it and we were filming out by um, the airport in Vancouver late night and a generator broke. So I was very anxious when I arrived to set my first job, you know, ready to go. And then I had to wait for about eight hours while they got the generator fixed. So by the time I was ready to go, I was like two in the morning, I'm exhausted. (laughs) You know, just, I I was so tired. I wasn't able to be nervous anymore. Mm -hmm. So we we did the scene, you know, it went fine. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun. The director did a great job. And then the, about a week or two later, we got a call that the production said they had to dub my voice. Like they had to add her a bunch of um, CB chatter and all this other sound oh, effects yeah. and in the product, in the post-production, they just didn't have time to bring me in to, to dub these three lines. So they had to dub me, but they must've dubbed me with somebody that was about, you know, six foot nine, you know, like a linebacker or something because the voice was so deep and so full compared to me so you have this little me you know back then I was like no beard just yeah. sort of diminutive <laughs> little paramedic guy but this booming James Earl Jones voice came over and I was like that's oh gosh. funny <laughs> yeah so I made the cut I was still there it was me on yeah. camera but it was not my voice <laughs> that's funny yeah 
why did they just ADR it? Uh, I don't know, like, to be honest. Like, <laughs> that seems like well, more work to get like a different actor. To- <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it was like years later. I'm like, yeah, this is very strange that they did that. And I'm like, <laughs> it's me. So it's not like my performance is off. Like it's still my yeah. face and me doing the acting. So I, I was very, yeah, very puzzled that, by that. That's very funny. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. It's, it's kind of uh, interesting your first role with uh, playing a doctor because I noticed that you played doctors a lot. Yes. And you're um, Well, in my Bachelor of Phys Ed, I had to do a couple years of, um, you know, post-secondary sciences. So uh-huh. like physiology and anatomy and all these science courses. So um, the language associated with doctor roles, I have somewhat of a proficiency of being able to lift it off the page and um, one of the casting directors after one of my auditions where I had to do a lot of techno jargon said, yeah, you're really good at sounding smart. <laughs> and I went, and you're like, okay, <laughs> is that a compliment? <laughs> so so I, yeah, so I, I, be, I'm sort of able to take that. I actually just recently did a role on the good doctor where uh-huh. I had to play a medical professional on the stand. And I remember oh, when okay. I got the audition that I'm like, oh, one of those ones where I want to get on the good doctor before, you know, because I've, I've never been on it. But uh-huh. if I get this role, it's going to be a real challenge because it was all techno medical jargon. That, yeah. you know, and to go to have to say that over and over and over and over again, you know, is, is, is kind of a night actor's nightmare. But I, I, I powered through it. So oh, that's good. That's good. Yes. Uh, I noticed that you've done a little bit of everything. Uh, what would you say as an actor is the main difference between doing like episodic television, movies of the week, and like feature films? Oh, uh, what's the biggest difference? Well, I find with with feature films, I'll start there, it's a little bit more time. Whereas, you know, um, with feature films, especially ones that were theatrically released, mm-hmm. the, the, the way they can shoot the film is that you've got, hundred strangers in a dark room with their entire focus at the screen. So there you've got them. So you can take yeah. more time and, and draw things out and really let things simmer and boil. Whereas TV, you've got the clicker in your hand, you've got your phone in your hand, you know what I mean? Like, so TV is a little bit more fast paced, a little bit more um, quick cuts. So, because you want to be able to grab the audience and have them, 
not change the channel. Mm -hmm. So when you go to film those two different things, um, TV is definitely a lot of pace. Like we gotta go, we gotta go, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Whereas the feature films I find you can take your time a little bit more and, and, and you know, um, you do like multiple takes. TV, you maybe, you know, do two or three, four takes. Whereas on a film, feature film, you might do 15 to 20 takes of a, yeah. of a specific scene. So um, a little bit more exploration with the feature film, I find. Um, mm -hmm. TV, you just got to be ready to go. Like you've got to be ready to, to, to adjust on the fly and, you know, and, and, and not get too caught up in, um, in your head and, and really trust the work that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing an episode on one of my other podcasts on the movie Enchanted. And they said that they spent 18 days shooting the big musical sequence, which is about five minutes of film. Yeah. And it just made me laugh because I'm like, watch these other films that I cover, you know, the TV movies are that less. They're lucky if they get 15 days. Yeah. For the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie. And, and that's the thing, especially like with the way, um, you know, media is, is consumed now, whereas you can watch it on your tele, on your phone. You can you yeah. know, watch it on your iPad and, and with the streamers, you know, you've taken commercials out, whereas right. previously, you know, a lot of shows were um, filmed and edited to fit the commercials. So if it's yeah. a, a, an hour long show, you've got 45 minutes. That's it. You know, mm -hmm. you've got to fit this whole narrative in 45 minutes with streamers. Now, some episodes are 55, some episodes are 58, some are 51, de depending on, you know, what what that storyline is. So. Mm -hmm. it, um, as actors, we have to just simply adapt. And it's it's kind of cool because with technology, with digital, you've got a little bit more flexibility in that, mm -hmm. you know, they can just keep recording on TV now, whereas film was expensive. And so, you know, when you're filming on celluloid, like you had, you weren't really in a place to do multiple takes on TV shows, whereas now you do have a little bit more freedom to just let the camera roll and do take after take after take, and you can mm -hmm. pick and choose what you want. So, Yeah. Yeah. So you have done a ton of these Hallmark movies, movies of the week. Yeah. Over and, 30. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just curious, do you like doing the mysteries, the mystery shows or the Christmas movies or the like regular rom-coms? Do you have any preference? Or do you well, Rachel, you kind of hit it in that I do a little bit of everything. So yeah. I, I feel very fortunate to have such a, uh, a wide array of, of films that I've got to do. I think what changes is the people, like, you know, depending mm -hmm. on who the leads are, or who the director are, it changes the experience for me. So um, as I'm not the, the you know, not often the, the face on the poster, um, I don't have that added pressure, you know, yeah. having to be there every day. So I can come in for my, my one day, my five days, my seven days, and really have a lot of fun. And and, mm -hmm. and so, you know, once you you meet the leads and you see what sort of rapport you have with them and see what they're setting the tone, because often the leads will set the tone for sure. the project. So um, I find like that, that sways more my experience rather than the rom-coms versus the mysteries. It's like, who are the leads? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, like, do we, do I have a good rapport with them? Do we have a good chemistry and, and can we have fun? Yeah. Um, I've worked with uh, Chris Palaha, Palaha a couple of times and I get along really well with him. So, mm -hmm. you know, having a chance to do multiple with him was really fun. Um, yeah. He's so um, nice. He's so nice. And Eric Mabius is somebody I had a really great experience with um, filming with him. Um, so yeah, so I, yeah. I honestly have been very fortunate in my acting journey, and that I don't have a lot of horror stories. I have, mm -hmm. for the, for the most part, I've been really blessed to work with really wonderful people, and have really fantastic experiences. So, um, yeah. Have you ever got? Did you ever get to play the murderer in one of these mysteries? No. 
Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm more the guy that <laughs> solves the mystery. Uh, yeah. If anything, you know, the... like you said, the science guy or, you know, uh, the, the medic or the coroner or, you know, that helps to solve the mystery. I play mares a lot, too. Um, oh, yes. Um, Actually, I actually had that in my notes also. Yeah, I, I was a president of student council when I was in high school. So having <laughs> to stand up in front of people and deliver, you know, speeches and so forth, at assemblies, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't realize it was prepping me for my my, you know, yeah. uh, lifelong career of being you you know, know. a mayor. Yeah, you, you're the uh, the mayor's trying to shut down the festivals. You know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you were uh, on BFG working with yes. Steven Spielberg. That's amazing. That was that was pretty surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was one of those. It, oddly enough, it, it actually um, it altered a journey of homework journey for myself uh-huh. in that I had done the first Aurora Tea Garden um movie and was slated to do the second one and as part of the book club um with oh, okay uh, you with were in Candace. the murders yes club. so i was i was you know oh contacted yep you're in the second one you know the same crew is going to be there and then i just after that i booked the bfg and it was a three-month shoot mm-hmm. and um i was one of the giants so we're in the gray suits you know with the little ball dots yeah. and the head cam and everything and what Stephen wanted to do is it, it was basically like a, um, a Wizard of Oz, where mm-hmm. he wanted the, the giants to have human form in Ruby's life prior to her going to um, with the BFG to the giant land. And so I got added a day as my human self. And so when they added, it was three days, actually. And those three days conflicted directly with mm-hmm. the days of Aurora Tea Garden. And at the time, you're like, well... I have a three month job on the Disney film with Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I, I don't think I can say no to that one. So unfortunately they weren't able to make the schedules work um, for Aurora. And it, it, at the time you're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's a second movie. I didn't know they were gonna do like 17 of them right. or whatever they ended up doing. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. A brighter future awaits if she can escape the shadows of the past. In After the Shadows by Amanda Cabot, the first book in the Secrets of Sweetwater Crossing series, a young widow returns to her hometown in Texas Hill Country, never dreaming that the new school teacher holds the key both to the mystery surrounding her father's death and to her heart. Library Journal says her sensitivity and realistic portrayal of characters often on the margins of history really shine in this new historical series. Check out After the Shadows today at bakerbookhouse.com and get 30% off and free U.S. shipping. That's 30% off and free U.S. shipping at bakerbookhouse.com or you can use our affiliate link in the description. So, you know, I had, it was a little bittersweet to start, but he was like a cool uncle, you know, like it was, um, I mean, I had no illusions that the the movie's going to be about, you know, the main giant and, and, and Ruby and mm-hmm. Ruby Barnhill's character. And so, you know, it was predominantly about them, but it was just a cool experience, like to yeah. just go and, and to meet Steven and to, to meet Jermaine Clement and Bill Hader mm-hmm. and Mark Rylance yeah. and were you one of the mean the mean giants yes yes um, I, <laughs> my, okay. my giant kind of looks like me i'm flesh um uh bone cruncher and so okay. my my giant is bald and uh you know well tanned and uh has an apron on so you know it was <laughs> the whole experience from 
sitting in the chair to have the dots, you know, and get all your mm -hmm. facial expressions logged into a computer to going into this big, empty, cavernous uh, volume, which they called it, with nothing. It was just, you know, nine guys in gray suits sort of clomping around being It's like a green to. screen room. It's not even a green screen room. It's just this giant open, like massive. If you can imagine like a, uh, like a, a, a warehouse that's been converted, it's just empty. And then it's oh, got a wow. rigging around the, uh, the ceiling with all these cameras. It must've been about 50 cameras on this rigging. And so you're inside and you get logged into a computer. So you make a series of motions logged into the computer. And then when you move in the volume, the computer now tracks every movement that you make. Um, it was actually a pretty cool experience to, to see how that yeah. technology works. Um, so, yeah, so we were there, like I say, for three months. And, you know, I, I think the best day was when I had to stick my butt in Bill Hader's face, push Mark Rylance over and then lay on the ground and have Steven Spielberg walk by going, hey, nice work, Dan. Steven <laughs> Spielberg knows my first name. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> like, That's not part of most people's day no, of life. No, you know <laughs> no. And I mean, in, in the end, we got we got to go to the premiere in Hollywood, yeah. which was always like sort of a lifelong dream of mine to to do the red carpet. And, you know, yeah. so we went down Hollywood Boulevard and stood in front of the bank That's of so cameras. Cool. And yeah, so that was it was a really neat experience to when, to have. When you do special effects, especially as immersive as that, do they give you some idea of kind of what it's going to look like or what? So yeah, they, can... they kind of have a storyboard similar to what they would do for um, uh cartoons and that yeah. they have like a little animation sequences where they would show you you know what the surrounding area so like the grassy field or um you know uh the cave or whatever you were in um and then you know as you shot they could render that in the background so you could move around and see eventually what it's going to start to look like so mm -hmm. yeah you had you had some sense it was a long process so um you know, it was sort of like rehearse, 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 and then shoot for one day. Rehearse, yeah. rehearse, 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 and then shoot for one day. Because they're um, motion capture, they can, it's, you know, you can just keep rolling, you know, and then they're going to stitch and cut and put it together mm -hmm. afterwards in the editing room. Were you familiar with the book? Did you know? Um, I, I knew Roald Dahl, but I had not read the book. I read the book. So when I got the audition, you know, all it sort of said at first was giants. And I'm like, giants, why am I? going for an audition that's giants and then as I read more they wanted people who had movement background or animal work which is something I had done in in, in theater school mm -hmm. and then I saw his name and I'm like oh gosh yeah Steven Spielberg. whatever I have to do okay yeah so <laughs> yeah, sign me up <laughs> sign me up so I got the audition on a Friday and I basically took the weekend I read the book I watched there was a, an animated film that they had uh -huh. done a few years back I watched the animated film I watched a ton of motion capture stuff from Lord of the Rings and from Jack and the Giant Slayer like I threw myself into preparing and so we had a scene that we had prepared that we had to learn the lines and then we had to create our own scene with our own giant basically using our own inspiration and so um, I, I did a, a really interesting, you know, giant uh, was based on Bill Murray's Hercules from old Saturday Night Live. Oh. Um, so that's what I basically based it on and, uh -huh. and did that. And um, I guess they liked it. We only had one audition on tape. Nice. Um, and about um, two months later, I found out that I that I booked one of the giants. So, oh, my gosh, yeah. you must have been so excited. It, it, you know, what's funny is I had done a Marvel cartoon series. A couple of years before uh -huh. and i was told you know marvel is notorious that 
if they're not feeling that the vibe is working, it they do replace actors. And so I was like, oh gosh, this is my first voiceover job. And it's, you know, I played the role of, uh, of War Machine. So basically Iron Man's best friend. Right. And so I went in first day, ready to go. And we, we banged out our first day of, of, of um, recording. We came back the second day and they'd recast Iron Man. So after oh. the first day, something was not grooving with whatever Iron Man was doing. And so they replaced him. So I was like, oh gosh, if they replaced like, the top guy, <laughs> you know, so it, I, I tried to not let it, you know, spook me and just tried to uh-huh. come in and do my work every day. And then, you know, two seasons later, okay, we're, we're, we're doing okay. So with the BFG, that first couple of weeks, I was like, okay, you know, they're not seeing my <laughs> actual face. So I got to mind my P's and Q's here and make yeah. sure to, that I'm ready to go. I'm prepared. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to listen to direction, take the direction and, and all that thing. Cause I, I definitely didn't relax until about a month in, you know, yeah. after about a month, I was okay. <laughs> we seem to be the core there's been good feedback okay yeah i think I, I can relax now so once once i hit that mark it definitely you know became a lot more um fun and it was kind of like going to work we we're like a little weird ensemble of oddballs you know these 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 giants because we were all different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. um that, that were similar to you know our characters there was one very tall lean gentleman one sort of heavyset gentleman a couple shorter guys so you know we we're a real mixed bag of, of mm-hmm. oddballs yeah yeah. So you, like we said, you've done a ton of these movies of the week uh, and you said that, you know, who you're working with, it makes the biggest difference, but overall, what's your favorite part about working on these, on these TV movies? And why do you think that they have become such a phenomenon? Uh, I've talked with a lot of people because for a while in Vancouver, there was definitely this sense of like, oh, the Hallmark movies, you know, they had this mm-hmm. sort of uh, quotation marks. And, and I think that what a lot of the, you know, the, the actors, you know, felt that it was um, a little too sweet and saccharine at times, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was a little, people felt it was formulaic and whatever. And I always said, you know what, it's work. It's an opportunity yeah. to go to set. It's an opportunity to collaborate. It's an opportunity to hit marks and, and you know, and earn a living at the same time. And so I, I always tried to not fall into that trap of ever judging the work. And mm-hmm. I, I, I watched a lot of Little House on the Prairie as a kid. And so I felt like the Hallmark films took that 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 um, slot that that Little House in the Prairie filled, where you can watch it on a Saturday night or a Sunday night, and the whole family could watch it. Like the grandkids could watch it up to grandparents. And so um, I think that it's got a universality that way. And I think you know some of the changes they made is definitely having a little bit more. Um, interesting storylines, a little bit more diverse casts and so forth. So that's, that's helped too. I think, I think mm-hmm. it's shifted in the last few years. And um, I, I found like, even like some like, Whoa, somebody got murdered, you know, but it's got, it got a little bit more serious that time. Yeah. Or, you know, there's, there was a fight and it was like, Oh, that had a little bit of heat behind it. The two, <laughs> the two characters fighting. So um, I just think that, you know, they know what they're doing. They've done yeah. so many of them that I always find it to be a, a really pleasurable experience every time I've been on one. Well, especially because Hollywood just stopped making rom-coms for so long. And so where else were you going to turn? Well, Hallmark Channel. Yeah. That's where you had to go. And and it's, you know, sometimes you don't, you just want to 
be entertained for an hour and a yeah. half. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think that the other thing they stopped making in, in theaters is, you know, sort of the edgier comedies, you know what I mean? Mm. Like in, 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 in an effort to, to be more PC and more inclusive, I think that they've stifled some of uh, your RNA. We all laugh at ourselves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we need that opportunity to laugh at ourselves. Like the pendulum maybe was a little too far one way and now it's yeah. a little too far the other way. So I hope that at some point it comes back to the, a more central viewpoint yeah. in terms of well, and I like the the new storylines, the little bit of mixture that we have, but I also, I think the formula is also part of the appeal. It's nice to just sit down and know exactly where you're going to get and then get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we all love, you know, just sometimes to not have to think too much, just to sit yeah. back and enjoy a fun hour and a half, you know, escape from mm-hmm. whatever, you know, life is is so throwing at us. And, and again, I think the leads have a big... Um, hand in in that you know what I mean and developing followings and the chemistry and and the chemistry and and often that's what I love I love coming in they're like okay let's have fun like you know what I mean like let's not get too serious but let's let's make it real let's you know take it seriously and but also have fun in the process I think in Nantucket Noel you were playing an actor right Uh, the one with Sarah Powers yes I I was Jay I I was an actor, but I, I mean, I was many things in the city. <laughs> I also had my little shop down on the, on, on the wharf. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I had to sing and that's the thing. It's my greatest fear. Now I started out as, as a singer in a boy band, but I don't particularly sing anymore. So the fact that we had to sing in that one was mm. a little stressful on that day. Yeah. 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 yeah that was, I mean, and Fiona Broom was so funny in yes. that, in that yeah. movie. I really I, I, I've, I've known Fiona for a while and we've worked together before. So um, it was really great having to play off her. We had a really funny moment that absolutely dropped the whole cat, uh, crew, but uh-huh. they unfortunately didn't leave it. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, I just said, um, we're sort of poking around a Christmas tree and then Trevor Donovan and Sarah turn around and see us scoping them. Uh-huh. And so we sort of deep back behind the tree. So we'd shot it a few <laughs> times and I go, Fiona, push me like as hard as you can on this next take. So we pop out and she just goes, oh gosh. And she like shoved me so hard. Um, and we were all laughing and unfortunately didn't make the final I, cut. But I was like, why isn't this movie about these, this acting troupe? I think they're the more interesting. Oh my gosh, yeah. Movie. Absolute I'm, blast. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I did write down, you're either the mayor or the doctor. Yes. I did a, a Hallmark movie with Debbie Gibson ah, many, many yeah. years ago. And it was just a small, quick role. But um, the producers were were talking and said that um, I have really kind eyes. Oh. And so I'm like, oh, is, is that what helps me get these Hallmark movies? Is that I have these very <laughs> approachable, um, trusting eyes. So um, yeah. that might be part of what, you know, has led yeah. to my, my Hallmark journey. Yeah, I guess they just see you as like the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Meeting everybody. I, I wasn't the mayor, but I was uh, the editor of the local newspaper on A Christmas Treasure, which was Jordan Sparks' uh, oh, right. movie uh-huh. that she did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I remember going, when I got the role, I'm like, am I old enough to be Jordan Sparks' dad? Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, how old is Jordan? And then when we got to set and she had said, you know, I, 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 you were my favorite. I, I, you were my choice because you remind me so much of my dad. And it turned out I was like less than a year younger than her actual dad. <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, you're 31. I could old, I could have had a 31 year old. And then within the script, <laughs> there was an added thing that all of a sudden um, 
the son, the guy who played my son, found out they were pregnant. So I went, oh my gosh, I went from being a dad to a grandfather. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's funny. Um, yeah. And Heather Notley, who actually is in Nantucket Noel playing the woman who owns the, the cafe, was actually in Christmas Treasure as my daughter-in-law as well. So that was oh, okay. sort of fun to play with her again. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about this uh, picture of her. Yes. New movie coming out, uh, Tyler and Rhiannon. Yep. Uh, they seem like a fun fun pair yeah i'd worked with rhiannon before on another movie as a doctor oddly enough um so i'd (laughs) I'd worked with rhiannon before and um i'd worked with uh michael uh robeson the director a couple of times before because he had directed christmas treasure and then he had done the vc andrews um series i'd done a role (laughs) on that so i'd worked with him a couple times and he has a really dry sense of humor that if you don't know him it can really throw you but i having worked with him before he was great to work with um and so tyler i'd never worked with before so it was really cool to to get to meet tyler i know he'd done a lot of hallmark movies and, and he was really really great and um, you know, again, like a lead, he was very prepared and just so ready to work. So walking into an environment like that, when you're leads or you're like, you know, they're the ones driving the bus and, and they're ready to go. You just have to hop on board, you know, and, and sort of roll with them. So, um, it was really, I didn't really have a, a scene with Rhiannon. It was mostly with, with Tyler, but, um, yeah, Tyler was really great to work with. Yeah. He seems to have a gift for finding chemistry with all of his co-stars. I don't think there's been a single one where it hasn't worked as far as chemistry, which is, he's done a lot now at this point. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. And he, um, it, the scene is such that um, I'm the center. So it's mostly me talking for this mm-hmm. scene, you know, of pitching him of what we're ready to do with, with his photos that he's done. And so we came in and I just, I, I went in it very real, you know, I just mm-hmm. very grounded, very real. So we did the first rehearsal and he goes, is that what you're going to do? He's like, that's awesome great yeah this is great really nice yeah. and so I was like oh okay cool like whenever you have a, a director or a lead that could just put you at ease like that by just being approachable open and collaborative it just makes the whole shooting experience that much more um, pleasurable you know just to know mm-hmm. that you're not walking on eggshells you don't have to sort of dance around an ego or anything like that like we're here to to make a movie and you know let's have fun while we do it so and she's like researching a photo that he took or, or something like that, right? Um, essentially, there's a photo he takes that wasn't supposed to be part of a package that he delivers to the magazine. And so the the the, um, the woman that uh, basically works under me is going through this package and finds this picture of Rhiannon. And so she goes ahead and they print it without him really knowing that that photo was part of the package. And so all of a sudden this picture gets out, but he of course didn't have really um, her permission or anything. She didn't know that he was taking the photo. So it sets off sort of this chain reaction of then uh, how do we go about, you know, uh, resolving this problem, so. Well, we kind of tease sometimes that Hallmark loves nothing more than a photographer. (laughs) There's so many, so many. It's like, (laughs) if they want to give somebody a creative story you know like be a creative character almost like 90 percent of the time it'll be a photographer <laughs> well i think too I- this time it's the guy that's the photographer yeah which is a bit different. 
Yeah, and I think that I, I I don't know for sure. I think Tyler was a producer on it, or he had some involvement in in that regard on oh, okay. on, on the movie. Um, yeah. I've had I've had the chance another um, Hallmark um, actor that's starting to really um, get a lot of films is Ben Ayers. Um, okay, yeah. Ben, uh-huh. um, he he was in uh, the uh, You Me in a Christmas Tree as uh-huh. uh, with Danica McKellar, uh, but so. He is somebody I've known for a long time. His brother was actually best man at my wedding. Oh, um, so wow. I've, I've known Ben for a long time. So it's really great to see, you know, him, um, you know, doing so well with, within the Hallmark universe. And mm-hmm. I know he's got, he's got some sort of Hallmark uh, swag that he's been doing or. Yeah. This, this romance university. University. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so that seems. Yeah. Beginning this for charity. I think. Uh, yeah. I forget yeah. what it is, but yeah. 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 So that's interesting. And yeah, he's done some really good ones. A couple with Nikki DeLoach. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller Carry from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Very cool. Uh, we're looking forward to the movie. And uh, and it's always fun when we are able to get character actors like yourself on and talk to that we see so many times in these movies that it's like, ah. <laughs> put a story behind the face you know yes nice. yes yeah well I, I like I say I, I always feel very fortunate to have done as many as I have you know mm-hmm. it's like you, you just kind of plug away as an actor and it's not until someone says hey you've done quite a few homework pieces <laughs> I'm like I guess I have haven't I <laughs> you, know, like, you know you just sort of you know that's the role you go in yeah. you do your job and then you head home and and it, I feel like with these movies, being a character actor, you're, it's like being the guy at the end of the bench on a basketball team. Do you know what I mean? You're not Michael Jordan. You're not relied upon to go out, you know, and, and carry the team. Yeah. But when you're called upon to go into the game, you've got to make sure you hit that shot or you hit that free throw. You, you know, you, you you can't just slough off. You've got to yeah. be able to to deliver. And so I, I find that that to be a, a unique challenge in itself to maybe you're not going to be there for 14 days. You're only there for three days. But in those three days, you've got to make it seem like you are part of that that quilt. Mm-hmm. That they're that they're putting together, you know that. Yeah. So well, and it's got to be fun too to have a job where every day is different. Absolutely, all, you have different roles, different sets, different. Especially with you doing so much variety uh, in different projects, and that's it's just got to be fun. I resisted for a long time that I'm a character actor. I'm like, I'm not a uh-huh. character. I don't play character. I don't do voices and do wacky stuff. But um, this year already, you know, I went from a medical expert on The Good Doctor to the proprietor of a, of a nautical themed tavern on a million little <laughs> p- things to uh, a creepy coroner on a new Nicolas Cage movie, you know, all mm-hmm. within two weeks. So I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I, I do run the full gamut of characters here. You're like, I do lots of different kinds of mayors and doctors. You know, it's it. Yeah. Mayors, doctors, and now apparently grandpas. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure I was ready to, to, to make that transition into yeah. grandpas, but. Well, yeah. So there's uh, this new series, The Way Home on Hallmark, and it's, they go back in time to 1999. Yeah. And I'm just like, that was when I was a freshman in college. Like, I'm not ready for that to be like the nostalgic period that they're going back to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Well, we have some fun get to know you questions. Okay. At the end of the so the first question is, what is the best ice cream flavor? Salted caramel gelato. Mm, sounds good. No hesitation. It's yeah. my, honestly my favorite flavor. I love it. Mm-hmm. Good. That sounds good. All right. What is your favorite color? Blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what music are you into right now? Oh, um, that's a good question. I have two small kids, so um, they've they're transitioning out of kids' music into more um, modern pop music. So they love, you know, uh, the new Miley Cyrus song. Um, oh, okay. They like that song. Um, I I tend to listen. To, I was a DJ for ten years. So oh. I, I, I listen to a lot of different music. Um, I, 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 I said to my son, I don't love the question favorite because I, I'm just, I, I really love a lot of different music. I tend to listen to alt pop more than mm -hmm. anything. Um, and I'll, I'll listen. I don't really listen to a lot of ton of modern, you know, top 40 stuff. Um, it's uh -huh. not really where I sit. Um, yeah. But I listen to a lot of oldies. I love disco. I love jazz. Like, so I have a real mix in, on my Spotify playlist that I, yeah. I listen to. Well, your kids might have fun with the Turning Red soundtrack, you know, the boy band. Yes. Yes. They love <laughs> We, I mean, that's the thing with the streamers. They've literally watched like every Disney Plus movie now. And, you know, so I'm trying to move them on to more live action stuff. And <laughs> at odds with my wife sometimes is about, oh, are they, are they old enough for that one yet? I don't know. So, yeah. Like, yeah. no big surprise that Encanto is still in one of the most watched uh, uh, programs on streaming. It's like, yeah, it's all these kids watching it over and over and over and over, and over, and over again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. What is your go-to date night food? Sushi. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is your go-to date night activity if you're going to go do something? Oh, do we have date nights? Yeah, we don't have a lot. <laughs> we neither of us have parents that live in our town. They both live out of out of the city. Um, when we do a date night, we we like to just actually spend time together. Yeah. As no as that corny as that sounds, but be between the two of us working and with the kids with their activities, it's we don't get a lot of time to just sit and hang out with each other and appreciate each other's uh, um, company. We, yeah. My wife works for the Fairmont Hotel chain, so oh. if we we often will do like a date night, will be. Um, we go into the city um, and stay do a staycation. So we'll stay at one of the, the Fairmont hotels. Um, and that is our date night is we, yeah. we do an, a, a night in this. We live out in the burbs. So yeah. we like to go into the city and do a night at the hotel. Oh, that sounds nice. I love yeah. hotels. Yes. Yeah. So fun. It's great perk. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Which do you like better dogs or cats? Dogs. I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, me too. Make me sneeze. Yeah. Where's my yeah. dog? My dog came down. So I have a little, we have a little schnoodle doggy. He's around here somewhere. Cute. Okay. Which do you like better beaches or mountains? Holy cow. That's a, that's a really, I think beaches, 
we got married in Maui and uh-huh. we've been back multiple times. Uh-huh. Um, we were just there in December. So I probably have to say, I, I, I mean, I love living in the before the mountains. I've snowboarded since I was my, in my early twenties. So um, I do like snowboarding, but I think I'd have to say beach. Well, that's the nice thing about being in Vancouver. You can like do it all. We actually live in a beach community. It's a, it's about a, a four minute walk to the beach where we live. Um, and then about, you know, 45 minute drive to the top of a mountain. So we, we do have the best of both worlds here yeah. in Vancouver. Very good. All right. What is your favorite holiday to celebrate? My birthday. <laughs> um, my, what's my favorite holiday? That's a good question. It could um, be your I, birthday. It's a valid question answer. Uh, you know what? It, I was a bit of a bah humbugger for a while. I let, uh-huh. I really appreciated Christmas as a kid. And then in, in my you know twenties and thirties, I started to like sour on Christmas. I just felt there was a whole lot of pressure on Christmas uh-huh. and you know, everything it shut down. Be. And I love turkey dinner. It's one of my favorite meals. But now that I have kids again, I've it's definitely rekindled my joy for Christmas. Like just the that that innocence of joy that they have on their faces, mm-hmm. you know. And and I don't think either of them has really figured out the whole Santa thing yet. I think my son's becoming a little bit skeptical, but uh-huh. they still they still have that magic of Christmas in their eyes. And so that that's definitely I think altered my my viewpoint of it. And I definitely yeah. have. Re- re-embraced Christmas. It is true that Christmas is is so much more fun when you have kids in your life. Mm-hmm. It's just way better. Uh, but I always figure it must be a little bit hard uh, since you spend all year making these Christmas movies to then like celebrate Christmas. Yes. I think I, that would be Yes, tough. it is. But I, you know what it is? I think the last couple of years, I go, as long as my wife and I said, we don't give gifts anymore. We give stockings and we have this little... Uh-huh my wife found this little cheat sheet and it's like, you basically fill your partner's stockings with like, you know, something you can wear, something that makes you smell good, something that tastes good, something Uh um, that makes you laugh, something that you can read. And I found that to be really, it's super creative. And so, you know, it's not about spending a whole bunch of money. It's about finding these little things that aren't, you know, um, that have a little bit of meaning behind them, you know, yeah. and surprising your partner with it. So I found that to be, has been really great in um, making the shopping process a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. Last question. What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? I don't know what it would be. I, I definitely like, I think that the one I did, um, Welcome to Christmas, I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, it's going to escape me who the female lead was on that, but um, that's the one with Eric Mabius. And I just, there was just something about filming that. And I mean, I, I, it was a really, I, I kind of liked how it wrapped up at the end and, you know, and, and, and the, the, the supporting cast was really wonderful. The director was really wonderful. We got to shoot up in the Canadian Rockies for part of it, which was super great. And so it had a very authentic feel to it. And, um, yeah, yeah, Jennifer I Finnegan. I was like pretty sure, but I'm like, I'll look it up just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, that mm-hmm. was one that that I liked. And and I don't I don't like watching myself. I'm one of these actors that d- doesn't watch everything they do. Uh-huh. Um, but that was one that I watched um and I really, really liked it. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have a Christmas classic that you always that you, we, to, you watch every year? My wife tends to be a little bit more um uh, nostalgic and, and romantic than I am. And so we typically watch, uh, it's a wonderful life mm-hmm. home alone and love yeah. actually every year. Like we, that's just sort of a, a, a staple that we watch yeah. all three of those movies every year. It's a good trilogy. 
was a good yeah. trilogy to watch. I, I, I really love A Wonderful Life. I, I think Jimmy yeah. Stewart and um, in talking to Chris Blaha, you know, he was modeling uh, his character in um, Small the Town. first Small Town Christmas after Jimmy Stewart, you know, and mm-hmm. and there's just an earnestness and a real like you just believed him, you know, in, in what Jimmy Stewart does in, in, in those old films, you know, like yeah. so that that's definitely something that I've always appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that movie is just so meaningful. And like some people say, oh, it's it's so over the top when, you know, everything is like a complete disaster when he's not hasn't been born. But like, yeah. of course it is, because the angel is trying to get him to stop from killing himself. They're not going to go subtle. on yeah. this. Like if, if he if he went to the to the alternate dimension and like nothing had changed, <laughs> that wouldn't work. You know, I just feel like I've, I've had a bit of loss in my life and, and I definitely connect with that sense of, even if you don't realize it, you're affecting a lot of people's lives in more ways than, you know, Yeah. and to remember that, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. you know, when you're having a down day, you know, just the fact that you have an opportunity to exist for another day on the planet, yeah. you know, if you, if you can, you know, keep that in mind, like, you know, yeah. it, it's hard. I know it's, a lot of people struggle with mental uh, depression and things like that, but it's like, you know, I've, I've tried to always take every day as a gift and, yeah. you know, to really embrace it. And, well, and I just love at the end when he's like, Merry Christmas movie house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, so uh, good. Well, very good. You answered all the questions. <laughs> So thank you so much for coming on talk with us. We really no appreciate it. It was so fun to get to meet you. And uh, do you have social media or anything like that you want to share? I do. Um, uh, I, I'm not super active on social media, but I have uh, uh, Twitter um, and I have Instagram. If you look up Daniel Bacon, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. basically both on on those two. Um, yeah, I, I try to, I, you know what it is? I, I, I find that it sucks me in and I go down a weird little yeah. hole with it. So, you know, um, my kids mean a lot to me. So I spend, a, I mean, that's the, the great thing about my job is that I get to spend a lot of time with my kids. Um, you know, I, I teach a couple of days a week, but I, so when I'm not on set, it's always time with them. So um, I tend to yeah, turn that off and, and hang out with my kids. So I think that's the good choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't want them to get sucked into it. So I yeah. think that, you know, I try to avoid getting on my, my phone too much so that, you know, they, they don't see that and try to replicate that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Well, thank you again. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing the new movie. It's going to be All fun. Right. Thank you so much, Rachel. <laughs> We'd like to thank Daniel for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to get to talk with him. Your comments in the comment section or on Twitter. Love to hear your thoughts. And uh, please follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast, a Homework's Pod, Homework's Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are watching YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have a patron group and merch store. So please take a look at that. We've got some fun patron watch alongs coming up. So I mean, please take a look at the patron group. It is definitely well worth your money. So we really appreciate that support. And uh, thanks again to Daniel. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs>